Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. On today's show, I have Ali Sugars, Woman's Transformation Coach. She calls herself the Motivation Mama. (laughs) She is also the host of the Purple Warriors podcast. Having survived three separate relationships of sexual, emotional, verbal, social and financial abuse spanning 30 years, resulting in mental illnesses, Ali has worked hard to find a new and improved identity as a woman and single mother after these experiences. Her number one passion is to use these experiences and everything that's been learned along this survival journey to help fellow abuse survivors rediscover their empowered voice to become unapologetically confident powerhouse women because that is who we are all meant to be. When I last spoke with Ali, we talked about another form of abuse outside of relationship abuse, which can happen to anyone in their workplace, which can cause a great deal of mental anguish and distress. I'm referring to workplace bullying. Today, we talk about workplace bullying and sexual harassment with a message that it is not only okay to stand up for yourself, but it is necessary for your own safety and sanity, as well as your your colleagues. Hello, Ali. Thank you so much for being on the show today. On today's interview, we will explore workplace bullying and sexual harassment. I am so happy to have you on the podcast to speak about this important issue. I think a good place to start is with the question. Can you tell us a bit about your journey and what led you to the work you are doing now and why this issue is important to you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Sandy, for having me. I'm really uh, thrilled to be on your podcast. Um, yeah, so I, I will, I'll start by going back to 2017, which was a time in my life, which was probably, I would say, one of the most distressing times. Um, you know, it was a moment in my life where I was, I was literally lying on the couch, um, unable to think, unable to move. And the reason for that was because at the time I was suffering PTSD and uh, having a complete mental breakdown, um, as well as acute anxiety. So it was just a time in my life where I just a total loss of identity, if you like. And the reason for that, how I'd gotten to that place is because two and a half or three years earlier in my workplace, we had had a change of leadership. And this person had come in and he was quite a narcissist. Now, we didn't know that at the time. We thought that this person was going to come in and he was going to fix all the problems in the workplace. Um, We quickly found out that that wasn't the case. And it's a very long story, but I won't go. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it as we go along in the interview. but, But what happened was he quickly turned the workplace into quite a toxic 
um, place to be. And we, you know, I, I personally, I think he saw something in me personally that was actually quite strong and he, he honed in on me as someone to try and wear down. And I witnessed and was the recipient of a lot of um, bullying, workplace bullying, both from him and other members in the workforce as well as verbal sexual harassment. And I witnessed that a lot. Now it got to 2017 and uh, obviously we'd seen a lot, a lot had happened in the workplace. It had just gotten to the point where I was um, having anxiety symptoms and I didn't, I didn't even know what they were because I'd never had anxiety before. But one of, a couple of my colleagues actually said to me, they said, you have mentioned that you have been the recipient of and that you have witnessed a lot of sexual harassment in the workplace would you be willing to report that and i do have a history of um you know domestic violence and given that history i couldn't not stand up for what was happening to other people in the workplace so i made the choice to report my boss this is um the time when that mental breakdown happened and I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the, um, I was facing the panel of two people that were interviewing me on those reports. And uh, the, it came to the very last question of the interview. And the person said to me, what do you want to happen to the perpetrator? And I couldn't answer the question because I just couldn't think straight anymore. And that was the moment when I just totally broke down absolutely broke down um i'm getting quite emotional talking about this now because mm. <laughs> it takes you back to it yeah. but um yeah it, that um long story short that did you know that did result in me um, seeking professional help i had to um resign that job because i couldn't face going back into that workplace um a to see him, even though he wasn't there, but there was always a possibility that he was going to be there. And B, to face my colleagues, who a lot of them, um, because he had kind of manipulated the situation, the colleagues weren't supportive of what I, of what I had done. So yeah, that kind of brings me to, um, back to lying on the couch where I was just a complete mess. <laughs> That's a, a lot to go through and um, I didn't ask you if, you know, what sort of uh, numbers were in your workplace for you to, you know, you know, how many people were you sort of dealing with, with knowing that this was going on and it, did you say it wasn't just you alone that it was happening to, it was, it was more than just yourself being bullied and harassed by yep. this one person by your yeah. boss yeah there was a lot of um and and i'm going to stress here that even though it's it's not worse or it, it's just as bad i'm going to stress that it was verbal sexual harassment but it's it's still not on um it did happen um yes it happened a lot to me but i was an office manager at the time um, and I worked on the reception a lot. So I would see his, him, um, you know, sexually harassing my colleagues and the clients. Yeah. 
and it was it, it honestly some things I would hear him say it was like oh, did you just say that like do you realize how inappropriate that is yeah um and and it got it actually got to the point where I started to keep a log keep a journal of the things that I was hearing him say that's a good idea and that's quite I don't know whether you took that away from your experience in the past with abusive relationships but that's the type of thing that is really useful when you're in an abusive relationship is to diarise what's happening and keep a record of it because a lot of that kind of abuse that falls into that psychological realm, um, you can end up second-guessing yourself a lot when things happen. And if you've actually just written things down in black and white, you know, that this happened, this was the context, this is what the person said, this is how you responded, and you've got a, a clear record of that, then when you need to recall it or you are recalling it, you've, you've actually got something to go back to to validate that this thing happened to you because when you go through that process of then having to show some accountability to people as you did when you were confronted with having to be interviewed by people to discuss the things that had happened to you um, it's very difficult in those moments when you're being questioned to recall everything that's happened and the context and and it's not easy to paint a picture in words for people to understand what has actually happened and I think that that's a a massively important point to emphasize in how important record keeping is for so many different reasons. At the time when things are happening to people who are being abused, it can often seem like a really overwhelming, overtaxing kind of exercise to have that headspace to sit down and journal or diarise events that happened, but it because the emotional side of us is too preoccupied to allow sort of rational thought to come through. Um, This is another reason actually to just go through the motions and do that thing that you don't feel like doing or you don't feel like you've got the headspace to do, but actually just do it, it right as much or as little as you can about it you don't have to go into um detail where it's word for word necessarily but it's to give it context and for you to actually reflect back and say right on that date at that time such and such this is you know this incident happened and you've actually got something which you can show somebody if you haven't got the words in your own memory bank to recall that you're like well I've got a diary to refer to here when they ask that question here's an example of what I'm talking about and and I'm and I'm going to say that was actually instrumental in when I went to do the reports but 
Um, the reason how that came about is, is yes, while I had all the the other um, experiences of domestic violence, and yes, I had learnt that to, you know to diarise that for several different reasons. In this particular circumstance, there was an instance, and I've just previously mentioned that I was an office manager. Now, you know, that came about when I had gone in to have a review with this with this man, and he had, you know, I had um, asked for the promotion. He had agreed to it. And we had signed documents to that effect. However, what had happened was he didn't, with that promotion, while it was great that I received it, he actually didn't um, introduce me as that um, office manager to the rest of my colleagues. So there was all this stuff that went on in the background and I got called back into his office one day and he said to me, he said, why are you now calling yourself an office manager? I've never said that. I've, it's inappropriate. You need to take. You need to stop calling yourself that. So, um, I, I came out of that meeting, like you were saying, in my head, and I went, "Did am I nuts? Am I crazy? Did I imagine what he said? I hang on a minute. What's going on?" So I went searching for the documentation that we had signed, and I conveniently couldn't find it anywhere. So that was when in this particular instance, in this workplace, I thought to myself, it is so, so important from now on that when I notice things happening, that when I see things happening, I am going to document it. I'm going to keep it privately so that no one else has access to it. And, and I, I, there, I think there was something in the back of my mind that said to me, you're going to need this one day. And I'm so grateful that I did document what I did because I, I actually ended up putting three reports in against this man. And I have to be careful what I say too because a lot of this, um, you know, is obviously for legal purposes. I can't mention a lot mm. of stuff. Um, but I put three reports in and two out of the three reports um, were successful. Mm. So I'm, I'm proud to say that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. And... Um, I think that's really good that you're talking about um, your need to advocate for yourself in that situation too. And um, whether it be workplace bullying and sexual harassment or whether it be um, domestic abuse, um, I think that it's really important to just talk about the need for women to advocate for themselves and when you're in that position you you think other people are aware of the things that are inappropriate that are happening and you would hope that somebody else would advocate on your behalf to help put a stop to these things but um it's just one of those instances where don't hold your breath waiting for somebody else to do the right thing and to be your backup to be your support to advocate on your behalf be prepared to take that first really challenging difficult step on your own the help and support is there and will be there for you but it's one of those times in life where you have to meet the situation, you know, halfway 
um, the support will come for you, but you also have to be willing to stand up and speak up about what is not right and what's going on in your life. So I'm really pleased that you brought that, raised that, Ali, because it is so incredibly difficult to do that. And you already have spoken and touched on the, the trauma um, that you experience in going through that process of speaking up. It is a harrowing, traumatic time for, uh, for victims to go through. And unless you've been through it, it's really hard to put that into a context where other people would understand the gravity and the psychological impacts that it has on a person mm -hmm. to the point, as you say, where, you know, it breaks you down so much that you have a breakdown and, yeah. um, and it is a time where, of course, you know, it's really appropriate to seek support from counsellors as well during those times while you're working through those issues that are really mentally harrowing issues and um, cause a lot of uh, anxiety and can overwhelm you with depression. So uh, yeah, I'm really very grateful to you for being candid about those difficult feelings because being strong doesn't mean that we are self-assured the whole time that we are needing to be strong. Being strong is actually just being very real, being willing to go through that difficult process, but that doesn't mean that you go through that process without there being any pain involved. Oh, absolutely. Hi, I just want to take a quick break and just ask you, are you ready to transform your life? So I'm not talking about being your fairy godmother, but I'm talking about being your support, your advocate, someone who's going to be in your corner to help you to go through that transformation. You are going to be your fairy godmother. You are going to create the change that needs to happen and I am going to be there to help you every step of the way so just get in touch if you're ready to transform your life yeah no there were there were so many times it was so distressful like I, I think I mentioned before you know that I was so showing anxiety symptoms and I'd never had anxiety before there was one day um, it was on a weekend and I wasn't even thinking about work um, but I had been um, experiencing a lot of coughing, uh, a lot of um, breathing difficulties. And this particular Saturday, I think, no, it was a Sunday afternoon. All of a sudden, I just couldn't breathe. I just, and I said to my partner, I said, you need to call an ambulance. I can't breathe. Um, I think, first of all, I said to him, we need to go to the hospital. Then it got worse. And I said to him, call an ambulance. I got rushed to hospital in an ambulance thinking I was le legitimately having a heart attack. Yes. What I was having was an anxiety attack. And yes. I didn't know that because I'd never had one before. Um, the doctors, um, you know, and no fault of their own. We did all the tests. It was great. All the tests for my heart were fine. 
But it wasn't until a couple of days later, I was speaking to a friend and I was telling her what happened. And she said, you had an anxiety attack. And then I started to think, why? What's happening in my life that's so stressful? That was when I started to put it all together. It's like, hang on a minute. I'm, and you know, this sounds gross, but you know, I'm vomiting on the way to work with stress. I'm feeling sick. I'm getting migraines. I'm vomiting on the way home from work. I'm, I'm finding it hard to get out of bed in the morning because I just don't, it's, it's too hard. I just, you know, and it started to really hone in on me. It's like how, what this particular workplace what the environment was doing to me personally mm. and you know it, it was hard it was actually really hard to admit it because this was a job that I'd been in for nearly 10 years and I loved this job yeah I loved it but it's it's the physical symptoms you know it's it's the mental stuff that you go through um, and you kind of you tend to go I'll be right I'll be right push through it I'll be strong but then it's when the physical symptoms start to happen you really um, notice how far you are pushing yourself in every way. And that was when I, I had to really admit, you know, what this, this workplace and this person was doing to me. And it wasn't just me. It was I could see it happening to other people around me. And it was hard to admit, you know, it was, it was very, very difficult. But, yeah. I think that's the question. Yeah, I think that, you know, listening to our bodies is a really important thing to raise that when we can't put our finger on it, that something yeah. is causing this, that we, you know, listen to our bodies and think, what's making me feel sick all the time you know why why am I vomiting you know is this a physical thing or is this a physical thing manifesting because of something that is really out of kilter in part of my life and what part of my life is it you know and um yeah really really important to to listen to your body and those physical things that aren't right in your body because you know they do hold messages about um, things that aren't right in your life so I think that's a wonderful point that you've raised too now there's an interesting I was you know interested to discover a bit about workplace bullying because I really didn't have any concept of it and I found that, um, you know, workplace bullying doesn't just hurt those involved. The wider workplace also feels the effects through lost productivity, increased absenteeism, poor morale, and time spent documenting, pursuing or defending claims. It's estimated to cost just in Australia organisations between $6 billion and $36 billion a year. And I learned that workplace bullying can affect people in a number of ways, resulting in things that you've talked about, like the distress, the anxiety, panic attacks, sleep disturbance, physical illness, such as muscular tension, headaches, digestive problems, all those things you've just brought up, (laughs) Um, reduced work performance, loss of self-esteem and feelings of isolation, deteriorating relationships with colleagues, family and friends, depression and increased risk of suicide. It's just you know, just phenomenal. What are some strategies to help 
women working through workplace bullying or sexual harassment that you could suggest? Oh, first of all, I have to say, as you were listing all those things, I, I was getting quite emotional because every single one of those, every single one I've experienced in some way. Ticking them, ticking, ticking the list. list. Ticking off the list. Um, what are some ways I would suggest to deal with workplace bullying? I think the first thing is um, it, it depends on how it came come about. I mean, it really doesn't. But in my circumstance, the workplace bullying happened because we had this narcissistic person in the background manipulating everybody. And the bullying, had, I, I, I could see the puppet strings almost being pulled by this person. And I would say just know that it's not your fault and that you don't deserve it. And I, the, the biggest thing I would say is um, to go and speak to, now the majority of workplaces will have a contact officer in the staff. If you feel like this is happening to you, go and speak to them. It is a confidential, um, and I did this, this is a confidential discussion that you can have with that person and they will be able to take you to the avenues that you need to go. So, and again, without giving too, away too much information, the contact officer I went to on a couple of occasions um, had said to me that there was free counselling available within our workplace. And often that will be the case. And I, I would say, and I'm going to put it out there, I think a good workplace should in some way, shape or form offer you access to free counselling in this circumstance. My workplace did. I chose to take it up. Um, they can also, if you are experiencing the sexual harassment side of it and the, or the bullying, you, you do have the option to, um, to have a meeting and talk to the perpetrators straight to them. Now, a lot of people will say in this instance, that's too confronting. But know that if this is an avenue that you choose to go down, you are legally allowed to take in a support person with you. You don't have to do it alone. That is the really important thing. You know, I was, I was given the choice when I first brought up the fact that I was being, um, that me and other people were being sexual, sexually harassed. I was given the choice um, whether I wanted to face him and talk about it to him. Now, and again, this is where I get quite emotional. I made the choice at that stage, which is only six months into his tenure there. I made the choice not to. And I'm wondering back then, if I had been brave enough to, to confront him with a support person, could I have stopped a lot of other stuff from happening to myself? And to other people. Now, that's something that I've had to work through and say, you know, you, I can't put that on myself. It's a, it's a decision that I made back then. But you, you know, when you speak to that contact officer, they may give you that choice. And just know that whatever choice you make is okay. You need to look after yourself first. And this is, you know, this is in this instance in the workplace and it's in all different, all areas of your life as well. And this is something that I talk a lot with my clients about is looking after yourself first. But know that you don't need to do it alone. There is support out there available for you in many, many different areas. But I would say the first place to go is to the contact officer at work. 
If you don't have a contact office at work, which I would be surprised if you didn't, <laughs> um, go and talk to your doctor. They are going to be able to direct you to someone who might be able to help you, whether it be a counsellor, whether it be a psychologist, some other professional that you might be able to, that might be able to help you. Just, you don't have to do it alone. Mm, that's great advice. That's great advice. Uh, I wonder if um, free counselling, online counselling services might also be able to, you know, provide some light to people to as to where they should turn if Absolutely. they don't have a contact officer within their workplace to help them to yep. navigate the situation. So it's a, yeah, it's very confronting when it comes to your livelihood and yeah. the the person that, that I'm just putting trying to put myself into your shoes and think you know what it must have been like for you to be confronting the person who was superior to you and in hard. a position to um to affect your position in mm. that business and um I can imagine how knowing that would also play a part in how you feel able to address that issue because the, because there's a hierarchy involved and oh, yeah. and there's a, a vulnerability obviously that you would be feeling about your livelihood in going yeah. into a process like that so can you just talk a little bit about that please oh. Ali all of those things yes absolutely um yeah look he was my immediate boss um and yeah I, I think that was the main reason when I first went spoke to the contact officer that was the main reason that I decided not to to confront him at the time because he was my immediate boss he'd only he'd been in the job for six months and in my mind I justified not talking to him um about it because I said, oh, he's only been in the job for six months. He's just feeling, he's just finding his feet. Um, so, yeah, so moving on from that, you know, it was actually quite hard. Yes, he was my superior. So when it got to the point where I did put the reports in and uh, I was scared. I am not going to lie. I was scared. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen to my job. And, and I think even... For me personally, and I'm not saying this is going to happen to everybody, but for me personally, I, I knew what the workplace environment was at the time. I knew that a lot of people in that workplace were not going to support my choice. And I actually lost a lot of friendships over it. But, you know, and I knew, I knew deep down that there was a huge chance that I was going to lose my job. Mm. whether it be whether he was you know and I even had the thought you know what if all this goes ahead and I come back into that workplace number one all my colleagues are going to know what what I did that that I reported our immediate boss how is he going to treat them and how is he going to treat me mm. that was the scariest part was how am I going to be affected by this um, it was it was incredibly confronting and incredibly scary. I was, if you like, lucky in the sense that um, he didn't go back to that workplace. He never went back. 
for whatever reason that was. I don't rightly know. Um, but, you know, I didn't have to confront that. But, but And I, I swear that was the moment, that was the reason I broke down at that particular question. You know, what do you want to happen to him? Mm. And because it, all of a sudden it hit me, it was like, oh, my goodness, I have just reported my boss, my immediate boss for sexual harassment. What's going to happen? And I swear that, you know, that that that's why I broke down in that moment because all of that, the possibilities compounded yeah. on uh, what might happen. And, you know, I think in, in essence, I, I was lucky in a strange way, the way it worked out. Yes, I, I didn't go back to that job. Yes, I lost that, that career, if you like, but I've never, I've never seen that man since. Um, and I... I'm not unhappy about that at all. Um, and, and he didn't go back to that workplace. Just before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about a little competition I am running at the moment to hopefully put a bit more sparkle in your day and help you feel special and valued. Every girl deserves a bit of sparkle power. So once a month, I am giving away a gorgeous tiara to one lucky listener. Here's what you need to do to go into the draw. Just write a review on your favorite podcast app, paste it onto your Facebook stories and tag me, Sandy Johnston. All the details for the competition and a picture of a few of the beautiful tiaras I will be giving away will be included in the episode notes. So check out the episode notes to help you get into the draw for this competition. Your reviews help other women find the podcast more easily, which means the absolute world to me. Okay, now back to today's episode. Yeah. yeah that's- oh, I'm glad about that. That's a, a really interesting point that you've made and um, just uh, we'll see if we can explore explore that. Just you've really touched on something very raw and, and complex. I think that's probably the best word for it is it's a very complex thing that happens when we feel the weight of the responsibility in holding somebody else accountable for their actions Mm -hmm. and because suddenly it's taken out of this realm of the way they were treating us was not right there was no no just justness or justice to to being treated that way that's an easy thing to say it's an easy thing to call something out as being unjust but it's the thing that comes after that and that is that there'll be some accountability once it's called out and that accountability means that there's going to be some consequence and that con- the, there'll be a consequence for yourself and there'll be a consequence for the other person. And it's okay to be in control of something that is just going to impact on yourself when you're calling it out because that's your life, that's your lot. But then you've got this added responsibility of in an 
unjust situation of having another person be accountable. And I thank you for your candidness with that, Ali, because that is a very, very difficult thing to talk about is how that how difficult it is knowing that your action of speaking out is going to mean that there'll be a consequence for somebody else that is not within your control mm-hmm. and you were given you were asked a question to that it, I would think would be I'm not surprised that you were unable to answer that question about what would you like to see happen to him as a consequence because handing out a consequence to somebody when it's something that's been done to you is not an easy thing to do. It's really difficult to weigh things up and to to measure them and say, I think that this is the appropriate outcome in the circumstances. And this is why we need it to be an arbitrary process where there are other parties involved who can help to make those kinds of arbitrary decisions when it comes to issues like this. So, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that, Ali? um yeah absolutely and I'll, and I'll say I'll just speak to that as well is that the fact it wasn't it wasn't only the consequences that it was going to cause for him it was also the ripple effect that I knew that was going to happen in this workplace and yeah. for every other person for my colleagues um you know the clients that it was going to affect I knew that there was going that because of the choice I had made there was going to be this ripple effect that happened and it did, and I sat back and watched it, and it yeah. was um, it was heartbreaking, is what I would say, to watch this workplace that I I had loved, and you know people that I had become very close to over the years, just um, I would I would say become it, it was destroyed, you know the. Um, yeah, the atmosphere in the workplace was just horrific um, after that. So I never went back, but I did, but I still, you know, I um, still kept in touch with a lot of people from that workplace and it was just, just horrific. So, but yeah, speaking to your point, yes, the, the consequences um, on him, it's interesting when you say that because people have asked me this question several times. They've said, if you had the choice, would you do it again? And my answer is 100%, I would do it again. Would you do it again knowing what happened to him? Yes. Would you do it again knowing what happened to your colleagues? I would probably do some stuff differently, but I would absolutely do it again. Um, I don't like what happened to that person. Um, And again, being very careful in what I say, I don't like what happened to that person, but... I wasn't the one that created that circumstance either. That's and that's the point, and I'm really I was, glad that you said that, Ali, because it's not your fault. No, it's not. Yeah, it's, and that's exactly right. And um, it's it's not. It, it, it's actually hard because you do go through a lot of um, you you feel yeah a lot of blame, 
And, you know, because of the way the workplace was, and, and I, I'm not trying to put blame on my colleagues because they were manipulated themselves, but a lot of them inadvertently turned the blame back on me as well. Yes. Um, because of the, you know, because of the reports I put in, because of the result of the reports, because of what happened, a lot of them in, inadvertently blamed me for what happened afterwards. Um, but the bottom line is it wasn't my fault. I didn't start it. All I did was yes. try and uh, all I did was I didn't try. I did. I stood up for myself and I stood up for them. Yeah, that's right. It's just uh, you're right. And that's uh, yep. when I say it's right, it is your right to stand up for yourself. It is your right to speak up about this kind of harassment and bullying and mistreatment in the workplace. And that's really, that's the underlying message here is, is knowing you're right to protect yourself from yeah. these things so I'm really glad that we've had this conversation because it's one that I haven't had before Ali I haven't I haven't spoken to anybody before who's been impacted in the way that you have by this and so it certainly um, helped me learn some new things about this really challenging um, issue in that goes on in workplaces and it's really good to know that there is support out there for people and that there um, is a process that they can go through so that they don't have to suffer in silence um, being mistreated being bullied or being sexually harassed in their workplace so yeah thank you very much I've got a couple more questions what is one common myth about about workplace bullying that you want to debunk? That's a really good question. <laughs> I, I don't know about, about the bullying. Um, the sexual would, harassment? The sexual, the, I would say the sexual harassment um, is a myth, is that it's your fault. Yes. It's never your fault. Yeah. And, and you can even take that to the bullying as well. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not. Um, a, a, another myth would be in regards to the sexual harassment um, is does sexual harassment be, mean being touched? No. I'm glad you raised that. I'm really glad not. that you raised that because it's a bit like the, um, the myth around abuse within relationships that most people or a lot of people rather will identify with abuse as being something that's physical and it comes in many different forms so I think that's fantastic that you raise that that sexual harassment does not mean that it is just physical contact there are many different forms of sexual harassment with verbal harassment being one of those Yes, there there are that just you, I agree. So as well as abuse, there are many different forms of abuse. There are different forms of sexual harassment. Um, you know, I, I even had people saying to me, "Well, he didn't touch you." No, he didn't. But I still went. I still went away from those situations feeling dirty, feeling yeah. feeling like I uh, I can't even put into words how I felt. I just felt like violated violated yes thank you that is the word absolutely violated it's like I don't I didn't need to hear that um I didn't deserve 
being told that. Yeah. Um, and and I'm going to reiterate what I said before. You know, it, it's never your fault. We yeah. don't, you know, and, and I don't care. People will say, people will, these perpetrators will say to you, but you came to the workplace dressed inappropriately. You deserve what I said. You never, ever, ever deserve that type of treatment. Everyone, every human on this planet is deserves to be treated, treated with respect. Yes, absolutely. And if you're not being treated with that respect in your workplace, particularly by someone in this in, in a this similar circumstance, then I would encourage you to speak up. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, can you please share any links that you'd like to include um, for the listeners to find you, Ali? Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to provide you with my, my link tree link, which will take you to several um, different links that I have. I have a Facebook group, which is called Women Rising Above. And this is all about um, supporting women, you know, as natural nurturers who, who we tend to look after everybody else first, <laughs> and then we put ourselves last. This is bringing us back into ourselves and looking after ourselves as beautiful, incredible women that we are. Um, also on that link tree, you will find the link to my Facebook page, which is Ali Sugars, the Motivation Mama, and you'll find um, all different ways in how you can get in touch with me if you'd like to find out more about what I do and um, how you can work with me in my coaching programs. Fantastic. That's wonderful. And for the final question, because this podcast is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, what does this title mean to you as a woman, Ali? I, I absolutely love this title because we are, you know, we're all queens. We are queens and princesses in our own right. So this puts us, it helps puts us back in that space of empowered women that we we all are. And it comes to, you know, often in our circumstances, whatever we whatever we go through in life, we tend to forget how empowered we can be as women. And for me, the title of this podcast brings us right into that, right back into it. So I think it's awesome. I think it's incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ali, for being on the show today. I've loved having you here to talk about this really important issue of workplace bullying and sexual harassment. I wish you all the very, very best. Thank you, Sandy, so much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I hope this conversation on workplace bullying and sexual harassment has been informative and helpful to you. There's a couple of links which I'll include in the episode notes. One is for 1-800-RESPECT, which is a free online counselling service and it is a great point of reference for all forms of abuse and if you need some assistance this is a really great place to start. So this service is available in Australia. There are more than likely um, similar services in other countries so just have a look online and see what free online counselling support services you have available to you in the place that you live in. Another link that I'll include is for an organisation which is called Heads Up 
org and this is a page that I found really useful in researching a bit about workplace bullying and sexual harassment so it's a good place to start if you're looking for information. You'll find both those links in the episode notes. Now I'll just leave you with the top 10 takeaways from today's show. Number one, keep records of incidents as this helps you give context to support your case. Number two, keep hard copies of any signed agreements. Number three, be prepared to speak up and speak out about what is happening. Advocate for yourself. Number four, engage in counselling to help support you through the process. You may be able to access free counselling support through your place of employment. So um, yeah, hopefully that will be the case for you. Otherwise, look for an online counselling support service. Number five, listen to your body. If physical illness is manifesting, consider how that might relate to an area of your life which might be toxic, like workplace relationships or relationships with an individual. Number six, know that the workplace bullying and or sexual harassment is not your fault and you don't deserve it or to be treated that way. Number seven, speak to the contact officer in your workplace to have a confidential discussion and they will be able to facilitate the correct procedures to address your concerns. If you don't have a contact officer at your work, talk to either your doctor or a free online counselling service about your concerns and they will help guide you with avenues to go down. Number eight, if you choose to have a face-to-face meeting to address your concerns with the perpetrator, um, you are allowed to take a support person in with you to this meeting. Number nine, give yourself permission to seek the appropriate support to help put a stop to inappropriate things which are happening. Reminding yourself that you were not the one creating the circumstance causing you distress. Number 10, you deserve to be treated with respect. I'll leave you with that. I wish you well and I'm really glad that we've canvassed this topic. It's really, really important. It's about your livelihood and it's really good to know that uh, you have support there if things aren't as they should be in your workplace. So everyone stay well, stay healthy and I send you all my love. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today, sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.